0: So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast, and that's what I wanted to tell you, we should do a podcast. Okay, bye.
1: Okay, um, I hit it, we're going, I did it. we're rolling. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> welcome to Feature Creep, and colon, Action. action.
0: <laughs> built-in microwave Semicolon.
1: design methodology
0: sure or surprise beheading
1: or surprise beheading we'll see that may come it, up it um, may come up. yeah uh okay so uh welcome to our podcast yada yada i'm ned
0: we do this thing yeah the thing about art and design who Ostensibly. are you but who are you i'm
1: meg great okay (laughs) if you've made it this far thanks for listening to our (laughs) podcast great thanks everybody okay bye um
2: yeah
1: uh in more serious notes (laughs) uh email us if you have thoughts ideas whatever just want to share some shit uh you have more questions (laughs) Questions about what the hell this is have a lot of questions um email (laughs) us you can email our now ceo and uh founder Always founder. Always founder. Dana at FCBM.io. So that's D-A-N-A at FCBM.io. Email's great. I think we're on social media. Who fucking knows? Nobody cares. Nobody uses that shit anymore. Um, No. Don't. It's not good for you. Uh, It's not. It's not good for
2: anything.
0: (laughs) It's not good for anything. Just quit it. Just quit it. It's all you have to do is delete all your shit. And you weren't looking at it anyway. Like for anybody listening who grew up pre- Or during nineteen eighties, you will probably remember. I don't know. This might have been like a rich people thing because there's like a a contingent of my family that has money, and the rest of us have none. And uh, the contingent with the money foisted fucking vacation slides on everybody every time you would go to a house like for a get together for a meal around a holiday or someone's birthday or something mm-hmm. they would drag out the slide deck and like start showing slides from their most recent vacation right maybe this is a rich person thing like they just gonna rub your face in it like oh we went to these amazing places without you and now we're gonna make you sit through the experience of knowing the details but being far, far away from them. Mm-hmm. And so uh like the whole social media thing today is now just a modern day equivalent of you making me sit through your stupid fucking slide deck and you're not gonna look at those pictures ever again either. In fact, the only reason you're making me sit through your stupid slide deck or Facebook feed or whatever right. it is, Instagram, is because you spent all that time and energy taking all those photos and missing what was actually going on, and now you need other people to make you feel good about it and that's what is an in influencer everybody
1: woo! don't Influence. do that don't, don't don't do it quit it don't do uh, it
0: quit it quit it out <laughs> learn about design instead i it's think
1: yes great yeah i think also uh everything you need to know about social media is the term doom scrolling yeah just you well, know that
0: or you are the product
1: i mean yes there's that um i mean it's It is a pretty obvious fallout from like early days of internet where it was like as soon as, as soon as the resource, like as soon as things were sort of, oh, it's free, except how we, how people make money is through advertising. You just suddenly realize it's like all the internet can do is just be this like massive advertising delivery platform. Um,
0: Right. all it does is like the whole the whole reason it's so fucking important for all of us to have smartphones in our pockets is so that we're never physically disconnected from an an object that's sucking our money away
1: right um our life and our time uh
0: i I put my phone down i put my phone down for hours a day for hours a day i don't even look at it i have my phone permanently on do not disturb Mm -hmm. and i'm just like whatever don't fucking try and talk to me don't assume that you can get a hold of me whenever you want to exactly and also i live in a magic bubble where i don't have to like respond to anybody so that works out really good for me yeah
1: that does work i can't
0: necessarily advocate for people who have responsibilities to other human beings
1: no but there are things you can do to like you know get a taste of that i did you did mention something though about people who lived in the 1980s yeah and it reminded me of there's this episode of futurama called future stock yeah and uh like
0: woodstock but future stock
1: yeah and uh in in the episode of frozen wall street investor from the 1980s known as that guy takes over control of planet express so if you're familiar with futurama at all it's Mm -hmm. basically around this um this like futuristic sort of uh delivery company and they have one okay. spaceship and they deliver stuff in the name of the company is planet express planet okay, Express, yes. and uh and he he takes over planet express and tries to sell it to mom so in the world of futurama mom corp is this like the the massive like evil empire of um like corporation and it's run by this this like like older woman who uh-huh. is just hilarious so she like has this like persona of this like warm sort of like plump loving mother who takes care of everybody and um, but it's really just this like fat suit that she wears and she's actually this like like scrawny like cigarette smoking sort of like addled old woman who's like you know hell-bent on murdering like just making misery for everybody it's really funny um anyway i love
0: that show i think that shows better than the simpsons
1: I, I do too. Um, I mean, I think the Simpsons is great in its place. I mean, it's a cultural icon, but I think that, um, I think that Futurama is this amazing work of like storytelling and Mm -hmm. leveraging like the, the whole genre of cartoon. And it's just this brilliant like satire on the world all the time. Like every episode is just so great at like, poking fun at like the human condition and like the way we like live and the way we've like created this like worlds for ourselves and anyway. Yeah, yeah. it's just fantastic. So good. Uh, yeah, yeah. So this one is really great because it just it cracks me up because the guy is like just full of like um like one of the things he says is like he says something like, you know, the sleek veneer of the nineteen eighties. Like just <laughs> um and he says shit like uh there's this moment where he's trying to get um he's trying to train like fry is like one of the main characters uh is taken in under his wing as like his protege and he's trying to teach him to do corporate speak and one Uh of the things is like don't you worry about blank let me worry about blank (laughs) and then and then he goes and then he's like and that's Fry. fry says that and he's like great also i would have accepted blank blank you're not looking at the big picture like it's just
0: oh my god I am that person. I'm always yelling about the big picture. <laughs> yeah, and how nobody's seeing it. Oh my gosh, um,
1: it's yeah. just so so fucking hilarious. That's a good show. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh so I
0: was watching this show that Damon told me we should watch because he just loves it. Loves it. Loves it. Loves it. Loves it. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about this because we're probably going to publish this back to a date in ju- in January yes, that we right. didn't have a, a podcast for yet. And so while we're recording this in the future, mm-hmm. it's going to be posted in the past. And so <laughs> in the past, what was going on at the time, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what was going on in the time at the past was that I had shingles and was like oh, dying God. in yes. my right. living room. And I basically lived on my living room floor or on my bed laying down and mm-hmm. I was... Fi- face down for like a month of my life just like flat sprawled out pancake style so that i wasn't um uh, like in excruciating pain even though it only minimized what was going on it didn't actually solve any of my problems Mm -hmm. so uh one one of the things that um i got caught up on was every tv series and movie i ever wanted to watch even a little bit (laughs) because all i could do was lay very still and so i on the first couple of days it was fun this went on for more than five weeks yeah on the first couple of days it was fun because i was like i have an excuse to do absolutely nothing right and then after a few days my back started to hurt and like uh-huh. went all weird stuff yep. and so it was no longer fun anymore but um at one point we got around to watching a movie called Popo, which is this like movie about a woman who opens up a rice uh noodle shop mm. and she like makes noodle soup and it's this like great story about these like these like traveling men or something and this takes place in another country not yeah america this is an asian movie i don't know if it's japanese i think it might have been japanese but i can't yeah. remember for sure so it's gonna be really embarrassing if i don't look it up for me mm-hmm. anyway um so Tampopo is this lady's name, and or it means like Daisy or flower or something like that. I don't remember. I my brains now are scrambled because of what I witnessed, and so <laughs> Damon tells me this is just like all over again. This is just like um, you know, there's no Nazis in The Sound of Music. Uh-huh. There's no Nazis in The Sound of Music. Right. It's an adorable little movie about a governess who makes children's clothing out of curtains and they right sing and songs. sings in the hills. Yeah. yeah. So Tampopo is this adorable. Ostensibly, it's this adorable little movie about a woman who mm-hmm. learns how to make noodles so that she can have a noodle that she can be proud of and serve all of these people who pass through her town and the people who pass through her town know all about noodles because they taste noodles in every town they go through so they're the ones who teach her how to make the best noodles right okay this is so great it's such a cute little movie yeah and and damon's like it's great and this lady and she has a kid and they learn how to make noodles and it's this noodle shop movie cut to the middle of the movie i'm like enjoying it i'm like this is a cute little movie and then they surprise beheading what they chop off a turtle's head and they did it in real life in the movie. They actually killed a turtle uh, slowly by cutting its head off and then they make turtle soup out of it and this came out of nowhere and nobody warned me and I was like, oh no, no, they're not actually going to do it, are they? Oh my God! And then I couldn't look away and so I have been uh, scarred ever since. I don't remember jack shit about the movie after uh, that. Oh, it, uh, it was so bad. So fucking bad and I was just like so scarred. I cried so hard I because bet. I... I felt terrible already, and I was like, I just want to watch some dumb movie about a lady who makes soup, you know? And I'm uh-huh. like, fine, whatever. This is going to be like, oh, it's so lighthearted and funny. And then, like, the rest of the movie is just, like, uh. totally inconsistent with the first half where there was, like, all this sunshine and rainbows and making soup and shit. Uh-huh. And the latter half of the movie is crazy. And then there's, like, all these people. I don't mm-hmm. even remember. And it gets the plot gets very confusing. And, like, she makes the soup, and then everybody moves on. I don't know, but, <laughs> like... <laughs> I'm never watching it again and I was like how could you like not remember that there was like a straight up like murder in the middle of this movie like a mm-hmm. like a snuff film it's a like snuff a snuff film,
2: film. oh it god rivals yeah. anything
0: I've seen on the on the like steedier parts of the internet really oh, nasty shit oh. I was just like oh my god and apparently I like found out later or Damon forgot to tell me and remembered later or look it up or something but anyway I think the woman who is the actress the the woman who played yeah. the lady who was making the soup in the movie did not know they were doing this either and was like personally scarred by having to like sit there and witness it on camera uh, I know uh, awful and I was like it's funny because Damon knows that there are certain things that I'm like hypersensitive to like yeah. I really don't I really don't want to watch it like that. And so the yeah. fact that he like didn't remember somehow that this was like in the middle of the mm-hmm. movie was incomprehensible to
2: me. Like mm-hmm.
0: how could, this is not a noodle movie. This is a murdering and turtle movie right? with noodles in it.
1: Oh, uh, mm, wow. That surprise beheading caught me off guard. I did not expect it that. It
0: caught me off guard too. Yeah. I, I was like, I was not prepared emotionally uh, for this. Fuck. Like, I mean, who knows? Maybe that emotional blow was what made me turn for the worst. I mean, I was sick for like weeks and weeks after that. Right. Clearly,
1: clearly. (laughs) I mean... I mean it was, the mental, it was the
0: mental strain that did it. Stress, yes. <laughs> Speaking of mental strain, yes. Maria Bamford was just on an episode of uh, yes. Mythical Kitchen with Josh. Did I send it to you? Did you watch it? I, I didn't watch it I yet, it but I
1: was a, I saw that she was on there, yeah.
0: <gasps> oh my god, it's the whole theme of it is her last meal. So if she was going to be executed or something, this Josh cooks her meal oh, for her is... and then they sit there and talk about existential dread the whole time.
1: Oh, that is fantastic that's it's so like great it's
0: like a half hour long uh-huh. it's so good it's so good it's so good
1: uh, I'll have to watch that um, <laughs> wow uh, yeah
0: so that's the surprise beheading
1: so I feel like this episode's a little on the reverse side of things usually we start out on topic and then we get oh, right. off the topic should we try to get on topic and talk about design methodology yes.
0: so we have <laughs> we have so much to say about design methodologies cuz we're opinionated people
1: yes we are so um let's just first of all design methodology it's basically the you can think of it as the broader study of method in design so that's a little recursive and and like you know you can tell because of the way it is what does design yeah. methodology mean well it means the
0: methods of design,
1: methods of design. Um Yeah. So, I mean, what we're getting at is like the study of principles, practices and procedures of designing. Right. So,
0: okay. The stuff that you do and the stuff that you do it with.
1: Yeah. Like the, you know, the concepts, the the tools necessary, yeah. you know, I mean, whatever techniques aids, um you know, whatever you <laughs> marital use, aids. marital aids, I mean, you know. <laughs> uh if that's how it gets you going to get done with the thing like great um, i
0: can't design until i've got my dildo <laughs> right yes. where's my giant dildo yes. uh
1: <laughs>
0: i need to put my mise en place uh-huh i can't begin working i have my drafting table i have my pens and my straight edges and i need my giant dildo yes. where is Bios remorse
1: right. is that a cattle prod over there yes it is
0: <laughs>
2: yes it is
1: what's that for Indeed. it's an aid For what marital? It's a marital aid. Oh, I mean design. It's
0: a design marital aid, a marital design aid. Yeah, marital design design aid. It's just a design aid. It's
1: just a design aid. (laughs) Um, All right. So let's put a little historical context on the idea of. um, So I would say that, you know, mid 20th century thinking is kind of probably where this term came around more. It's not that people didn't use design methodology since the stone age or since you know the dawn of man but um the I idea like of think, thinking about <coughs> it yeah, yeah.
0: i uh. like to think that when they like harnessed the power of fire that the first words they said were design methodology
1: yes yes And they
0: said it over a flickering glow in a cave maybe somewhere mm-hmm. i know maybe if you start fires in caves you're likely to die because it sucks all the oxygen and, out of the cave. and
1: then they proceeded to like you know like gut a calf or something and paint right. Paint handprints all over the wall as right. one of the very first uh, art and design installations. Um, That's right.
0: Right. That's exactly how it happened.
1: And then, well, well two <laughs> assholes sat around the fire critiquing it the whole time, discussing how they were doing it wrong.
0: <laughs> Listen, I'm taking notes. That's all I'm doing. I'm not critiquing. The critiquing comes later. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> It's not how I would have chosen to paint that wall, but it's okay. It's okay. Just keep going.
1: Right. Um.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, It's it's so design design methodology yeah
1: so design methodology so uh
0: 20th century a lot of great shit came out of mid-20th century i mean in terms of design there's also a lot of really horrible trash that came out yeah. of mid century <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, you know absolutely. resistance to civil rights or um, right the right. nuclear bomb i don't know
1: yes yeah but in the in the sort of like the upper echelons of society and where people had more wealth than they know what to do, knew what to do with. And, right. you know, didn't give a shit about social structures and shit. Cause they were fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Right. I have everything I need here. I'm going to make some fucking cool shit that I like eat a right. dick. Everybody else. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this is one of those things where it's like, can I, do I have, do I have to not like it because of like what it stands for? Or can I still Mm -hmm. like it despite, like, like things that came out of Nazi Germany, you know, like things like that, where it's like, you know, but I I don't think that's true, because I think we're living in a time now where um, you absolutely can appreciate individuals and art that they produced and, you know, moments of kindness, like, you know, look at the Ukraine Russian conflict right now. Like, uh, I mean, that wasn't going on when this is published. So if you're listening to this back in January of whenever um but i what i mean is like like it's not it's not russian people that are necessarily to bl- like you can't just invalidate all of russian culture just because right. some dick bag is like being a bully on the playground and i mean except yeah. that's that's trivializing like the enormous like crime against humanity that's going on right now um you know, just people being super fucked. Yeah. Super fucked. Anyway, um, my point being is that like, we don't need to just now go out and like protest like your local Russians, like the people who live near you who are (laughs) a Russian doesn't necessarily mean that they support this concept of like murdering their neighbors. Right. Nor does it mean that they like that. They have no value of like their own. Anyway. Um,
0: Oh my God. Some friends of ours, um, have well they are ukrainian but they came here a long time ago so they've been in the united states since our friend was a kid um and he changed his name when he came here because he wanted to sound cool Uh and i was like i wish i would have kept my name because my name now is dumb it's just like everybody has my name i wish i would have kept my ukrainian name it was cool Uh right (laughs) so like we were talking to him about his family and a cousin of his had to like oh god he had to go and like meet this woman who's ukrainian in poland because she was escaping ukraine and he was here but she's his fiance so he went to meet her in poland and then she got out of ukraine and met him in poland and then they were going to try and go to ireland to the ukrainian embassy so they could get married but then ireland was like well no you can't because you immigrated to america so you're not ukrainian you're an american and we can't we can't marry an american to a ukrainian at the ukrainian embassy in ireland <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, I international uh, or I should say like it, so there's two interesting things there are there I mean that's interesting so there's like three countries kind of at play. <laughs> right? Yes. Um two nationalities, three countries. Right. Uh well, one and a half nationality i mean they're
0: yeah because he was ukrainian by birth but then he gained u.s citizenship and so he's no longer considered a ukrainian right right he's hereditarily ukrainian or like whatever you want to say about that i don't know what the actual like
1: i mean if nothing else culturally like he has culturally ukrainian yes his lineage Um, yeah
0: yeah and uh but yeah because it's a civil matter or whatever a legal matter they're like right you technically aren't ukrainian anymore so we're not gonna marry you have nothing you have no business at the ukrainian embassy in ireland sir
1: right get the fuck out of here yeah Yeah. (laughs) okay now
0: i guess they're gonna try and bring her over here
1: Uh, Ah, gotcha okay let's um all right so uh anyway somewhere in the mid 20th century yeah uh uh this this kind of the this idea of like design methodology was considered kind of a new approach to problem solving um okay and uh, this is all according to the Wikipedia article design methods uh, as of March 17th, 2022. Um, and, uh, and so in response to industrialization in mass production, uh, mm-hmm. which changed the nature of designing, uh, mm-hmm. a conference on systematic and intuitive methods in engineering industrial design, architecture, and communication held in London in 1962 is regarded as a key event marking the beginning of what became known within design studies as the designs methods, movement, design methods, movements, M- Shit, mm. only the one S design methods, movement done. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which led to the founding of the design research society uh, and influencing design education and practice uh, leading figures in this movement were uh, all men. So fuck them. Um, and the movement, Sorry, I, you know, I mean, of course they were Uh, leading (laughs) figures in the movement in the UK were uh, J. Christopher Jones at the University of Manchester and L. Bruce Archer at the Royal College of Art. And I should Mm. probably just confirm that they actually were both men. Uh, Yeah. So John Chris Jones and Leonard Bruce Archer. Um, I mean, I don't really I it doesn't really fucking matter. Like anyway. um, Yeah. Anyway, uh yes, so they uh at the uh so they they were pretty influential at the in the, so in the early 60s. Um mm-hmm. so the movement developed uh through further conferences on new design methods in the UK and USA in the 1960s. So um the first book on national uh sorry, on rational design methods and mm-hmm. on creative methods also appeared in this period. Uh oh. and um <laughs> What? Sorry, the first books, not the first book. I'm like, what book? Oh, just books. So, what they're saying is that in the 1960s we're seeing publication of books on the on the idea of rational design methods mm-hmm. and on creative methods. Um so, uh yeah, Interestingly so, yeah.
0: like I wonder why they don't have like a hyperlink to rational design or um cre- like rational design methods or something.
1: Mm well um perhaps perhaps there needs to be some uh editing to this article I mean that is the wonderful thing about Wikipedia is that you can just get right the fuck in there and yeah. contribute um you know so make rational, things better. Yeah. rational yeah rational
0: design on. method um, process driven by requirements of a functional program, so. <clears throat> Simplicity or complexity of the program would determine whether the building would be contained by a single mass or would include dependencies in the form of wings or attached pazi- pavilions. are talking about uh, rational design method in architecture.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and this is from northernarchitecture.us, uh, rational design method entry t- of their website. Um, mm-hmm. <coughs> so it involves some method of laying it out on paper, I guess. Um, the urge to impose rational simplicity and regularity of this sort is consistent with earlier imposition by the regime of Napoleon Bonaparte of uniform weights and measures in the form of the metric system. So this is like just su- like imposing extreme regularity and geometric functions on stuff. It sounds like.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
0: um, interesting. Anyway, so that's what rational, uh, according to these people, rational design method entries, they were only talking about it in context of architecture though
1: oh interesting yeah. um yeah i mean i imagine that uh as you get the closer rational to-
0: method here's something about rational yep. method in engineering the most employed formula of engineering hydrology so the rational method is logical generalized and often reasonable the theoretical basis is significantly violated most of its applications i don't know this is really this looks like some kind of a academic paper maybe anyway Oh, look, rational design, Wikipedia. There is an entry. They just don't have it hyperlinked.
1: Oh, there you go.
0: Uh, this one says rational design is used to decipher collagen stability in biology, mapping ligand receptor interactions, unveiling protein folding. So, uh, what this is telling me essentially is that rational design can be applied to just about any discipline.
1: Yes. Yeah, and that's um and I think that's kind of the
0: the gist of it.
1: The gist of it. And uh, You know, in in some of these cases, it's sort of like um, with a lot of this stuff, it's always like I get lost in the gray area of definition. And it's sort of like, wait, so Mm -hmm. what, like, you know, is it the cart or the horse that comes first? Like, you know, were people practicing rational design and then we decided to call it rational design? Is someone saying rational design and mean something really specific, like a particular methodology, et cetera? Um, and, And that's where a lot of this stuff, uh, you have to be kind of careful when you're like wading into somebody else's field where it's like Mm -hmm. there's established language about what things mean and and i think it helps in communication but sometimes sometimes especially in the english language as we all know who are at least native speakers should be aware of at this point like definitions can be really broadly skewed depending on context um Mm -hmm. i mean i imagine lots of languages that way but uh so Um, like to more fundamentally like we're talking about um, you know this this idea of developing design methods um and uh or like systematic systematic processes of design so like you know if you're going to design a painting or something like you might have like these first steps you take where it's like you you know rough sketch in pencil and then you um you know, like do some overall compositional arrangement so that you can kind of, you're like, you know, working down through these steps until you kind of arrive at the final picture or painting that you want to design and engineering design processes are like that. Um, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and it's, um, I, I mean, this is where I think like, like engineering and art, like really like blend well, like there's a lot of like, You know, the same kind of concept of like whether you're just trying to make a piece of art in whatever media you're using or you're trying to build like a tool or you're trying to do something more like like traditionally engineering based. Like there's not actually a lot of difference between these two things. Like you're oftentimes trying to take some abstract concept, thought, idea, um, and you're trying to like make it real and create it. And so um, I think that's where design methodology is always worth considering whether you're whether you reject a particular kind of methodology that someone is recommending for whatever you're trying to do at least you know why like you know other people have done it this way or other people have considered this being a way to do whatever task (laughs) Mm -hmm. you're trying to do and so um i always i always like to i was i always also find it inspiring sometimes yeah like especially when i'm just kind of like you know thinking like oh i'd like to do some kind of creative task or i want to you know make some art Sometimes it's fun to kind of read about how other people do their, you know, do their process.
0: Totally. Yes. Um, I think it's, uh, I think it's really fascinating sometimes what it reveals about people's thought processes and how different they are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Like, <clears throat> and it also makes me contemplate how very often there is not one right way of doing something. Like you can arrive at the same answer, but you can take a d- bunch of different pathways to get there or you can arrive at and several answers that, any of which might be suitable to the, the problem that you're facing or the solution. And um, when I was thinking about like engineering and art, if you have something, especially if you're doing sculpture, which is something we love, yes, like mm-hmm. you need to have some kind of like a waypoint between like conceiving of this art and actually having the art in front of you. And that waypoint is usually engineering of some kind.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yep.
0: Otherwise... I mean, I have seen plenty of people's like art projects that failed because of some engineering or design related element not mm-hmm. working the way they thought it would.
1: Yes, yeah. Yep.
0: Like some Achilles heel. Mhm.
1: Yeah, yeah, I have I've watched um great failures as well as like great triumphs in that front. Um mm-hmm. and art is I think I think art really does a great service to the world in that regard. Like it's an un, I think it's a less I, I it's not like no one notices it, but I think it's a less obvious contribution where um even the failures in art are teaching teaching us like any of us who had access to learn about that failure about right. how how materials work or how, you know, yes. how these like like just because it was a failure doesn't mean that we don't gather value from that because you're doing it in this context of like, I mean, hopefully no one was hurt or, you know, in this case, it's like, you know, you're not, um, it's not like, Oh, we failed to feed the masses now because we had this great idea about how to grow potatoes and now there's no food for next year. Like, (laughs) um, you know, and people starve to death. It's more in the realm of like, man, I was really hoping to put on this great show and the fucking, you know, the main, the main feature, like, failed to to move or do the thing that i expected and then mm-hmm. you know some people are going to learn from that that it's like oh, what you really needed was like load bearing whatever bearings or something <laughs> but you know it's just now like you tell me yeah now you tell me but it like but mm-hmm. it's an interesting learning process and art is a wonderful place to fail because these interesting things come out of it um like yes. it's it's certainly safer than many other things in at least in our culture um yeah you know, so
0: yeah that's so true yeah. i we were watching um <clears throat> We were watching Simone Yetz the other day.
1: Yes. I love her so much.
0: I love her shit. And she was trying to make this like she was trying to kind of make like a like a window pane that was also had glitter that flowed through it the way that like a lava lamp with glitter in it does. Uh But she couldn't get it. It was leaking like crazy. It was super funny. And she was like super defeated. Yeah. (coughs) And so she ended up um... (coughs) fucking space heater she ended up let me take a sip of water um making this stained glass yeah instead and or in addition to she uh, she dumped the idea that she was working on scrapped it and started on a different thing and so she started doing stained glass and her shit looks fucking amazing Mm -hmm. she was like you guys i can't even believe i made this look how good it
1: looks (laughs) And i
0: was like that's the best stained glass i've ever seen in my life
1: yeah yeah and
0: i have friends who do it and their stuff is like beautiful and and like i appreciate it or whatever but her stuff was like i it almost didn't look like a human had made it because it was so geometrically perfect and all of her um soldering was like incredibly consistent because she just does so much of it and she's like you guys i think i'm just gonna do this forever and i was like (laughs) watching her do that made me realize that she has the same type of obsessive meticulousness that i have when i'm making art projects and stuff i mean some of my art is just messy the point of it is to like Mm -hmm. an exercise in messiness or an exercise in like letting go but like if i was making stained glass i would do it the same way she did and she what hers ended up being was this amazing skylight that she put in that was a cross section of a citrus fruit and it was just like the design the cross section of a citrus fruit is amazing to look at anyway yes like, right. it's just like so pleasing, so aesthetically mm-hmm. pleasing. And so then with the light coming through it, it was yellow and green, all these different shades of yellow and green. And like some of the glass was milky. Oh, yeah. my God. It was so fucking great. And I was like, I would have that weird lemon window thing hanging in my house, even though it doesn't yes. with anything I own, because it's such a thing of beauty.
1: I love her. Um, I love her so much. She does this amazing, like everything she does is just like this wonderful experience of like of design methodology like she talks yes. about her build processes and how she thinks and I love how she like evolves through it and she learns from it she's also mm-hmm. like you know fully prepared to just pivot in a new direction if this isn't working um, and I was just yeah. remembering like I, I love that episode it's pretty old now but um she made she locked herself in her bathroom for 48 hours to like simulate some <laughs> kind of space travel. I forget what I forget all the details uh, of it, but it is, yeah. it just kind of cracks me up. Cause it's like, she like hangs out in her bathtub a lot. And like, I mean, not like, like dress. She's just like laying in the bathtub, like with a pillow or something. And like, you know, chatting about <laughs> what's going on, but um, it is, it's really funny. Um, yeah.
0: She also has a little white dog and I am like an avowed non dog person. I'm like team cat all the way. Uh, huh. Like, I will. I will sacrifice my life to the cause of cats. You know what I mean. Like uh-huh. That that much cat, not dog. And she has this little white dog that is the cutest fucking dog I've uh-huh. ever seen. And I want that dog really bad too. <laughs> uh- <laughs> I want all of her things. I did you ever see the like robots that she built that would slap people?
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love all her shit. Like she's so great. She has such a lovely spirit, and I love when she fails on camera and like complains about her. Like you guys, <laughs> when her window was leaking, mm-hmm. she had like riveted this plexiglass to like a window frame or whatever to, and yeah. wanted to fill the frame up with the liquid and have the sparklies in it. <laughs> and when it was leaking it was leaking in a million different directions you know oh it's like so upset about it (laughs) and it was just like it's like when peter drops the bachelor pie and you're just like witnessing the decompensation of another human being right yeah it's like no (laughs) also i could have told you that plexiglass wouldn't work right okay it's fine
1: oh that's but yeah
0: the things that you uh, so the things that you learn from failing, like when you succeed, you get almost no data feedback from that right. success. It's like this is well, that's what I expected to happen. So right. there we go. And yep. end of story. But when things fail, you learn so many delightful things.
1: Mm-hmm. So many. So, many.
0: oh, my God, the data you get back is like exponential mm-hmm. yeah. compared to what you put in. Like, oh, I think it's going to work this way. Why did it blow up like that? Right. <laughs>
1: right. Yes. Where
0: did that smoke come from?
1: Yeah. Yep. Oh, uh so here's another little interesting thing kind of going back to the history mm-hmm. of this idea of of design methodology. Yeah. Um so by the end of the 1960s, uh there were two influential but quite different works. Um there was a uh, Herbert A Simon's The Sciences of Artificial and then in contrast to that there was J Christopher Jones's Design Methods. Um so Simon proposed this concept of science of design as a body of intellectual, intellectually tough, analytic, partly formalized, partly empirical, uh, teachable doctrine and the design process. That's a quote from him. Um, Alexander,
0: Herbert Alexander Simon.
1: Yes. Yeah. And uh, whereas Jones, uh, J. Christopher Jones, in his book, Design Methods, cataloged a variety of approaches to design. Uh, of cataloged a variety of approaches to design. Yes, both national and uh, sorry, both rational and creative, within a context of a broad future futures creating systems view mm. of design. So um,
0: that sounds nice.
1: It does, and and so I think what we're kind of looking at here, as I parse these. <laughs> this information is I'm thinking like what we're basically saying or what this article is saying is Mm -hmm. that, um, Simon, Simon's approach was much more, um, he would probably say practical or like, like pragmatic, pragmatic. Yes. Yeah. Like it was much more pragmatic, um, with a lot of like, uh, much more like formalization, a lot more like empirical kind of evidence-based, whereas, Um, evidence-based is maybe not quite that like basically like probably iterative with the idea of like this is the evidence we have now we're going to refine and change Um,
0: right yeah it says uh, he was a political scientist uh, like that's he had a phd in political science so he wasn't necessarily a designer you know Uh, interesting yeah Mm -hmm. um, yeah so his primary research interest was decision making within Mm -hmm. organizations and he is best known for the theory of bounded rationality And also for the theory of satisficing. So bounded rationality is the idea that rationality is limited when individuals make decisions. Mm -hmm. So preferences are determined by changes in outcomes relative to a certain reference level. Right. Um, And then satisficing is a decision-making strategy or cognitive heuristic that entails searching through the available alternatives until an acceptability threshold is met. So you're basically like it's a it's a portmanteau of satisfy and suffice so you're looking you're looking for things that will do the trick in under the circumstances essentially mm-hmm. yeah um and in statistics, it's a power law, a functional relationship between two quantities where a relative change in one results in a proportional relative change in the other so this is like really this is like really specific sort of like hard edges rational stuff mm-hmm um It says, John Chris Jones, on the other hand, the Welsh engineer, um, his book Design Methods is considered a major major text in design, and he advocated ergonomics and the consideration of user-centered issues that were not part of engineering skills and attitudes at the time. Um, And he studied the design processes being used and also was frustrated with the superficiality of industrial design at the time. Um, and that's how he got involved with ergonomics because he was like, this isn't cutting it. So right. he, um, he, it, in his wiki entry, it says that um, design methods as an area was mm-hmm. driven by, so the things I, I take this to mean, it's kind of worded weird. I take it to mean these are the things that motivated him. Inability to balance individual group, societal and ecological needs, lack of purpose, order and human scale. Aesthetic and functional failure in, adap- in adapting to local physical and social environments. <clears throat> Development of materials and standardized components that were ill suited for use in any specific application. Creation of artifacts that people did not like. Like this dude's our man.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love. So I love this uh, follow up sentence that is going to be a call back to an early episode. Yeah. Um, so. uh by the 1970s there was a reaction there was there was some reaction against the rationality of design methods um notably notably from two of its pioneers uh christopher alexander and Mm -hmm. j christopher jones so uh uh so there was also so uh this guy Mm retell
2: um
1: also said uh, he characterized design and planning problems as wicked problems. Ah! Now, if you remember early on, we stumbled over the concept of wicked problems because I, at the time, (laughs) parsed the word as wicked, which, of course, like...
0: Right, and we're like, is it burning at both ends? Why is it a wicked problem?
1: And so reading through the whole entire wicked problem article i couldn't yes. find anybody saying why it was called a wicked problem right when you say wicked i'm like got it no one needs to define that but when yeah. you pronounce it as wicked which why can't you like what is the past tense of wicking like like you can get clothing yeah. that wicks away sweat you don't say you don't say it right it, it, wicked, it, wicked. it, wicked. it wicked
0: it wicked
1: yep um anyway yeah two so, words mean yeah. totally
0: different things spelled exactly the same same word same right. word same word
1: um anyway so uh wicked, but this characterized is, like- it as a as wicked problems Unami- am- am- amenable to the techniques of science and engineering which de- deal with mm-hmm. tame problems um
0: yeah so it comes full circle it only took us two years
1: it only took two years great we're done podcasting we've done it it. we did the circle is complete
0: we now have our inward facing circle
1: yeah we don't but what about the tangent that just shoots off (laughs) Uh, this is this is the problem with uh i mean that is like our whole mo for this podcast right is that it's like (laughs) we we come up to inward facing circles and then we find the first tangent and leave
0: yep that's us (laughs) Um, what's this seems like an inward facing circle i'm out of here
1: all right (laughs) oh look there's a tangent come on get on we're going (laughs)
0: let's go (laughs) it's like it's like hop in the great glass elevator we're getting out of here
1: uh-huh exactly Mm
0: -hmm. so john christopher jones then is like or j christopher jones Mm -hmm. or, or j chris jones or however however um he He said that designers needed to move out of focusing on expression and modes of production and begin to address the definition of a problem to be solved. And he says, The future job of a designer is to give substance to new ideas while taking away the physical and organizational foundations of old ones. In this situation, it is nonsense to think of designing as the satisfaction of existing requirements. New needs grow and old needs decay. Mm -hmm. Sounds to me like this whole concept could be applied to social justice work as well.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. yeah
0: Yeah. yep designing systems that are not fuckers
1: (laughs) right Right?
0: by j christopher jones posthumous uh so yeah those cool i i also found an interesting little website i sent you the link for it um called design thinking dash methods.com
1: yeah i was just looking at this
0: yeah and it's got this little um little picture a little like drawing on the main page. uh, A little image diagram. um, And it looks kind of like a series of accordion folded paper With like these little hovering Dots over them And the dots mm-hmm. re- uh, Every every accordion fold of the paper rec- re- Represents in order Divergence, convergence, divergence, convergence So every time there's a, a change in direction Of this little diagram
2: Right,
1: um, right You're
0: yeah. either diverging or converging from something And so they on the Along the bottom edge uh, The bottom border of this little I- image They say empathize, design, ideate, project Prototype and test, and so this is their their kind of like uh,
1: empathize, empathize, define. Mm-hmm. You said design. Define. Oh, did
0: I? I think I, think I said maybe, define, but maybe it, maybe it said define, like and I, said I heard design.
1: design. Yeah, it's
0: because I'm eating the mic.
1: Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But
0: no. uh, nah, <clears throat> I'm just a little hungry. Mm-hmm. Um. So they uh, for each of these empathize, define, ideate, prototype, and test. They have. These different um, bullet points under each of these headers and they sort of give you prompts for how to do the thing. So under empathize, they say five whys, be a child again for a moment and ask for the deeper meaning of everything. Right. Um, emotional journey map understanding the emotional roller coaster of the user mind mapping drawing the mental map on the paper Mm -hmm. um under define it says like interviews ask the right people the right questions personas who are my users and what motivates them and so i think this is largely for like designing a product it sounds like Mm -hmm. um yeah but i just thought it was really interesting that they had this neat little drawing and that they had this like uh, the methods follow a particular order and it's like these steps that you go through in order to achieve a desired result and and it's a way of knowing that you didn't leave anything out.
1: Right, yeah. And I like the way that um, the the chart explains it pretty well uh, when you were talking about like the divergence and convergence. So like mm-hmm. when you're in the empathize phase, you're diverging, right? Like you're expanding your concepts. Like you're finding right. out more information and the problem is getting bigger. And then when you get mm-hmm. into the define phase, you're starting to converge again back towards a more singular concept and then you go into the ideate phase um Mm -hmm. and this is where you're kind of you know you're doing sort of brainstorming and um
0: diverging again
1: diverging again you're kind of doing mind mapping um and making stuff making stuff etc and then when you get past that you go into the prototype and test phase and both of the prototype and testing phases become a more narrowing and you're converging again um -hmm. like you're converging on on what you're working towards so uh and this is a perfect example of um a kind of concept of like design methodology right like we're talking Mm -hmm. about um you know a good overview of it yeah it's really it's, it's it's pretty cool
0: yeah i thought it was neat um so that again is design thinking dash methods.com and yep. they have all kinds of stuff at this website i don't know i don't i don't really know anything about them i just found them while we were
1: yeah while we were chatting
0: scooting around chatting um it does not look like it's primarily it looks like maybe deutsche so that maybe a german Maybe a German
1: company. It does it does have a belly. Oh of yeah, a it German- has Munich. It says oh, okay. there's an address yeah. here in Munich. It definitely has a German design feel to it as well. Yeah. Like the whole website. Um yeah, that's that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. They have this really neat thing. So like when you click on each of the when you click on each of the design things, so if, if you click on um how did I get here? Like if you click on the five Y's. Mm-hmm it under empathize it'll it'll it changes the view on the screen it takes you to a new screen where empathize is listed in the left margin and then everything that's a bullet points for a suggestion of how to do empathizing is listed below that and so it kind of like pops out right and they go into detail about like what is it about the five whys the motive is to achieve a common basic understanding of the situation participants are the deep design thinking team Duration, Mm -hmm. 20 to 60 minutes. And so they give you, like, they say, it's really fascinating. What is it about? This is a method, a simple interview method technique, which you ask for the background of the problem. Often the apparent cause of a problem is not the real cause, but just another symptom in the same chain of problems. Look at the big picture. Right? (laughs) The aim of the method is to raise awareness of a specific problem or situation, and the aim is to achieve a holistic understanding of why processes do not achieve the desired results and where changes need to be made. How to do it? Formulate the problem, answer the question, write the answer, convert the previous answer, repeat five times. So they they have, like, this is really thorough. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't know anything about how, like, if you were like, I want to do a project, but I have no idea where to start. Well, here you go. It's all right here. Right.
1: Right. What Any kind of project amazing. you
0: possibly want to do, there's a there's an outline for how to think about it and conceptualize it and what steps to take to, to like actualize it. This is yeah. really fucking
1: cool. I'm yeah.
0: I'm I'm bookmarking this page.
1: Do it. Do I it. Did it.
0: So yeah, um <clears throat> that's the design thinking methods catalog. I'm writing this down. Yeah. Um what else do we have to say about design methods?
1: Um so uh let's see um i i think uh i think i mean we could go more into the history and stuff but i don't think that i don't think that's that interesting i mean i'm sure it's interesting to somebody but um i i yeah <laughs> sorry
0: but you know they're probably not listening to this podcast <laughs> right i mean at this point
1: um well uh so it's interesting that uh I always find interesting things like this interesting. I think that it's funny that it's like um, when you look at, I like to look at uh, industries from the outside a little bit. Like we're not not formally trained in like art and design by any means. Like we have our own backgrounds that we come from. But um, I love to like look at, you know, when we're kind of looking at the background of, of this concept of design methodology, like we're looking at, Um, you know, we've learned about these different players that were like influential or considered influential according Mm -hmm. to the authors of the Wikipedia article. But um, and how it's like, you can think of like, you can see how like over time it's like somebody's like, Hey, I have this great idea. And then they're trying to disseminate that information about the idea Mm -hmm. where, you know, some people get together and they're like, Oh, it's a movement like art movement. And these things are really kind of cracked me up because it's this, um, it it kind of belays like human humanity. Like it belays like the human condition where it's like, we're, we're not alone. Like we're, you know, people are concerned with what other people are thinking about and how they're doing their thing. And, Mm -hmm. and so like in this case, it's like, um, these two authors, these kind of, we learned about, um, Herbert A. Simon and Mm -hmm. J. Christopher Jones. And we learned about, uh, how they, um, they both were like influential and wrote these different, quite different works and then right. and and then there becomes these like school of thoughts, like where people are like, wait, nope, this is not the way you should think about it. Um or maybe it is, or you know, and and the way that it gets applied to things. And um I find that that sort of sociology of it very interesting. Yeah. And how these like ideas like in some ways it's like, well, who fucking cares if they wrote a book? But also we live in a different time where it's like now <laughs> Like, anyone can write their ideas and publish them on the internet with very little barrier to entry. And mm-hmm. so I imagine, like, like I just think about the way concepts like carry weight. Yes. And how they might have carried weight then, because it's like, well, I wrote the book, and it's like you mean you you wrote some words and you convinced somebody to publish it, and then anyone who's interested in design methodology, like your choices are maybe these two books, like you know it's yeah. like there's not like a lot of like literature on the market for this kind of thinking yeah, in the like, first place
0: it's It's interesting, like I'm reading about this here and it so under methods and processes, yeah, it says the development of design methods has been closely associated with prescriptions for a systematic process of designing. And yep. so if it's prescriptive, then it's only going to appeal or apply to just so many people. Which means right. you're going to have to have a bunch of different design methods in order to... Because everything is... You can apply a design method to everything. Mm-hmm. Any process of design. Or you yep. can make a process of design out of anything. Right. Um, but depending on what thing it is... You may need a different process of design or a different set of design methodologies. Yeah. So it says here, L. Bruce Archer produced a very elaborate, two hundred twenty-nine step model of a systematic design <laughs> process for <laughs> for industrial design. But also a summary model consisting of three phases. (laughs) So you either go, L. Bruce Archer either wants you to do 229 steps or maybe just three.
1: I love the, I love the like overcorrection. I mean, I know this is, I know where like, I have no, I don't really know anything about it and I'm being very abstract, but that just on the face of it, it's like, oh, 229 is too many. No problem. Let me reduce it to three.
0: Right. So which is like, yeah, yeah, the three are analytical phase creative phase and executive phase mm-hmm. so you know that's pretty basic um the uk's design council models the creative design process in four phases discover yeah. define develop deliver i that's a little concise for me especially with the fact that they all start with d's i'm like you just wanted something that all started with d's and i think you sacrificed some of the content for the fact that it starts with right ds. Um, <laughs> a systematic model for engineering design by Paul and Bytes has phases of clarification of the task, conceptual mm-hmm. design, embodiment yeah. design, and detail design. So they also have four. <laughs> and, um, the, the design methods that JC Jones did grouped 26 methods according to their purposes within a design process. So that's mm-hmm. really interesting. Um, Nigel Cross outlined eight stages in a process of engineering product design. So if you have a specific product that you want to design for, Nigel Cross says that you only need eight functions. Many design methods still currently in use originated in the design method movement of the 1960s and 70s adapted to modern design practices. (coughs) Um, And recently there have been more, more qualitative techniques, Ethnographic models, mm-hmm. um, cultural probes, and situated methods. So it's it's like continuing. I mean, it's only so 1960 and 1970. This field is not <clears throat> not like formally that old,
1: right? Right. Um, I yeah. I mean that considering like you know the 1960s is when we're like seeing like the first like kind of formal formalization of any of it. It's it's really not very old at all um right. and it will be interesting to see like how it develops over time although i like all of these things i think about like the influence of like um the way that knowledge work is becoming um i don't know what the right word for it is it's it's becoming like um <clears throat> industrialized i guess like it's becoming more automated where it's like more and more you as someone who goes into like a knowledge working job where you're doing like you know quote unquote a designer or like some kind of creative person, um, yeah. you're gonna find yourself more and more handcuffed into um, like a worker pod, right? Where someone's managing your time and your your output, and your output might you might think it's design you know you're designing things, but it's like you know you're you're being forced into this sort of creative you know vehicle or this unit of production right um and that and that's where i like software development for sure has had like in the last like 10 years just been entirely like like shoved into a form of that like the the the, um what's it called the uh Uh, agile 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 techniques or whatever is really just a method for um creating a a sort of um like a frantic pace of development where mm-hmm. you're it's it and I think where it falls down is that it doesn 't have some of the other engineering practices that are important in place, um although having worked in uh like mechanical engineering for a period of time, I found that almost more untenable like it was it was even a worse version yeah. of it where it's like you 're not actually you know you're you're basically like applying this like knowledge trade but like you're really just like a fucking robot like your job is to just sit there and mm-hmm. churn out whatever key part of this process is um and i mean i understand that from a business perspective you're like i'm building this like money machine and i you know i put in materials here and Mm -hmm. i want to get out money out of this side or i want to get out wealth out of this side and so you know i get like you're just trying to fix the parts and you can't think i mean you i hope you think about the humans in there as human individuals but a lot of (sighs) people don't you know and it's like as time goes on it's just gets worse
0: um it's interesting you said that because I was just reading. Uh, where was it here? Um, son of a bitch. Oh, Henry Dreyfus had a profound impact on the practice of industrial design by developing systematic processes and promoting the use of anthropometrics, ergonomics, and human factors in design, including through his 1955 book, Designing for People. Because, mm-hmm. like, if he had to write a book about it, obviously people aren't doing it.
1: Right, right. Yeah
0: yeah i think that i you know we keep we we talk about this a lot too but we haven't actually done a podcast on it because it's like i'm kind of paralyzed by where to start mm-hmm. with with the subject of hostile architecture
1: yeah well i think we need to just um tack that right into our segment on designing dystopias
0: yeah that's a great idea
1: <laughs> so i think I, like I, there's this concept of like good enough like don't let good enough or don't let don't let perfection be the enemy of good enough. And I was thinking in the terms of, um, in terms of, we need to do a podcast title that is basically don't let perfection be the uh, enemy of bad enough.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's bad enough. It's fine.
1: It's bad enough. People are suffering enough. This is, this is a bad enough dystopia. We're good. We don't have to like, yeah. Overthink this. So,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) I mean, dystopia wasn't built in a day. (laughs)
1: no no it really wasn't
0: (laughs) um well we spent this whole episode talking about design concepts so i don't know if you want to do a separate design concept snack or if we if we should just call it like it is
1: uh yeah i mm, good question i think what we could do instead is Mm -hmm. we could talk Mm -hmm. about um we could just do a <clears throat> dystopia snack Ooh. um so uh so in this this little snack this is just an excerpt from the uh dystopia entry in wikipedia and it's about the concept of identity okay. so in the russian novel we by uh yevgeny yamatin Z- Zama- zamyatin uh, first published in 1921 people so in this novel um we people are permitted to live out of public view twice a week for one hour and are only oh. referred to by numbers instead of names oh my god um and so uh and the, the latter feature uh, only being referred to as numbers instead of names uh, also was featured in the film THX 1138, uh, an unrelated film. but um, And in some other dystopian works, such as Kurt Vonnegut's Harrison uh, Bergeron, um, society forces individuals to conform to radical egalitarian social norms that discourage or suppress uh, accomplishments or even competence as forms of inequality. So... <clears throat> um, that sounds
0: terrible.
1: Yeah, it is terrible, and it it is. Um, I think that you know we could probably bear out some better study and like more discussion around the concept of identity and dystopia because there are. I I'm, I may be speaking a little naively here, um, but I believe Chinese culture is much less focused on identity than say like a U.S. or like U.S. culture oh. or Western culture. <laughs> Yeah, and and, um and so there's like there's pros and cons to this right like Mm i i think that there's um if if you if you have a culture or if you have a group of humans who are less focused on themselves in some regard Mm -hmm. they are potentially as a cult or as a as a society you may be more flexible um you may be more flexible because people are more willing to like give things up and change in in radical ways um or you know to move in radical ways like uh potentially you know yeah. um <clears throat> whereas like if you have quite a lot of sense of identity and individualism people feel and maybe rightly so are more entitled um and that's not a negative term like entitlement like that's i'm just yeah. you know like I believe that humans you know individuals are entitled to like a certain level of dignity and health care and you know existence and um yeah, but uh. <clears throat> Anyway, uh, my point is like, if we're going to talk about designing (laughs) dystopias, we should talk about the concept of identity and how that plays a role. Um, like I wonder, you know, I mean, part of it is like what constitutes suffering and like what constitutes like we, it starts to get really gray for me and muddy when we talk Mm -hmm. about like what actually is a dystopia, like a dystopia, I think for the most part is in that realm of like, um, you know, based on who I am and how I think and what I value, my dystopia or my personal hell is going to be very different from yours. Um, you know, like and right. I think
0: there's like thematic elements, like a complete lack of support whatsoever.
1: Right. Yeah. Yes. Regardless
0: of what you might need support on.
1: Yes. Exactly. If there's no
0: support to be had. It will have a deleterious effect, which is like right. the desired outcome of a dystopia, right?
1: Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, there's your little uh, yeah. dystopian snack um little snack snack uh, I love
0: this idea though the idea yeah. of like what what does it matter if you have an individual identity in a utop in a dystopia right i mean it depends on the dystopia obviously but
1: yeah yeah i mean how does that in fact like you know it it really plays to the problem with identity is like or or the the concept of it is like we need to think about the individual um And whether they're, you know, and what that means to be individual in a dystopia. Because I I think. It's
2: dangerous.
1: It's dangerous. Yes. Yep. Uh, Anyway, so um, (laughs) thank you for listening to our podcast. And once again, we would love to hear from you. Uh, You can email us or you can go to our website, fcbm.io. Our contact information is there. Um, Or you can just send us an email and we'd like to hear Mm -hmm. from you. Uh, I don't think I have anything else. Like we don't promote things really. Right. I mean, we, yeah. we do promote a couple ideas and thoughts and people that we like, but that's not a monetary thing for us, but definitely, yeah. definitely go check out Peter draws on YouTube because, oh my God, if you need, if yes. you just need like a dose of like, like a dose of humanity, like, I don't know, like just a, <laughs> you know, a, like just some, some earnestness in, wor- yeah. in the world. Like yeah. it's just very genuine. Um <coughs>
0: I also cannot recommend Med Life Crisis enough, which is the YouTube channel by the British doctor who we watched his stuff. And then we talked about Dr. Nutt, the nut job. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Oh, so so great. the guy who's the doctor on Med Life Crisis who interviewed Dr. Nutt is yeah. like really great. <clears throat> and he does some really funny shit. And the one that I was about to watch before I got interrupted earlier by a bunch of other stuff, and I, I still haven't gotten back around the following day to watching it but it's in my queue on YouTube is his um his episode where he's uh like unhelpful doctor answers your drug questions for 55 minutes straight and he Uh has like he has this like green screen background that looks like this super fancy stage with a light show going and Uh he's got the little like ear thing with the little tiny microphone next to his mouth that you see people on ted talks have but Uh instead of the actual thing he's just like taken medical tape and taped some kind of an electrical dongle to the side of Uh his head (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he, he just answers like questions. It's like he published it on um I don't know. It's like when he reached 420,000 subscribers or something like that. He's like, yeah. I'm doing it when I reach 420 because everybody knows that 420 is like code word for cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just like making fun of a bunch of shit. Anyway, he's delightful. Yeah. Uh, med Life Crisis and Peter Draws.
1: Oh, that's fantastic! Mm-hmm. I love yeah. it. Yeah.
0: God, so funny. Such good stuff.
1: So great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, okay. I think that's like, yeah. that's pretty much what we got going on. You got mm. any? Other... We could.
0: Oh, maybe sometime we should talk about the design of the medical industrial complex.
1: Yes. Yeah, that we could do that.
0: That's a. That'll be a good one we'll leave we'll leave everyone feeling terrified
1: yeah i was like uh don't go to the doctor right but also do definitely do do, let's just
0: know what's gonna happen when you get right oh my god anyway yeah I'm gonna go tape a dongle to my face and plant some sunflowers.
1: All right, that sounds good. <laughs> yep, I'm gonna do the same. Well, I'm gonna do the same except for uh, the f- sunflower planting. I'm gonna sit at a computer and type. You're
0: gonna, yeah. You're gonna tape a dongle to your face and possibly have to talk to coworkers.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Son okay. All right. All right. Thanks, bye,
0: everybody. Everyone. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye.